Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the world's best dental podcast at least in this building. <laughs> I'm joining you live from Studio 3D. And this week I'm joined, of course, by Meredith. But we also have another guest, and that would be Michelle. Hello. So the impetus for this week's episode was recently at our mastermind, uh, we had quite a few dentists asking about how their front office runs, and they were recognizing some challenges in the front office from the way it is now and what we're trying to do, and especially especially with those dentists who are busy already uh, trying to implement many of the things that they want to implement and that we talk about implementing. Uh, so we felt that it would be great to kind of share what we're doing in our office, Raleigh Dental Arts, and how we're doing the front office. Uh, it'll be good selfishly for me to learn what I want things to be and then Meredith and Michelle can tell me what's really happening so I can learn where I need to course correct <laughs> from things. But before we get into this week's episode, let's turn it over to Meredith so she can give you a commercial. And if you're tired of hearing the commercials, the answer is simple. Just come to 3D Dentist class and we'll be able to have Meredith reading commercials less. What do you think about that, Meredith? Hi, everyone. Well, if you come to a class, you're going to love it, and then you're going to write a review, and then I'll have more content to talk Even about. Even better. So I would love that. Um, so I'm going to read a review today for 3D Dentist. This is from Dr. Zach Berry. Amazing organization led by some truly innovative dentists that are striving to help you succeed. They are amazing. So thanks, Zach. And okay. just so uh, everybody knows, uh, we do have a Google My Business page now for 3D mm -hmm. Dentist, so... If you want, if you've already left us a review on Apple for iTunes for the podcast, now you can leave us a review on Google My Business for 3D Dentist. We would love that because just like your practice grows, our practice grows from Google Review, and they seem to own and know everything we're doing anyway. So, yeah. so we're excited to have you all at the retreat. Um, we have that up and going. We have doctor programs. We have team doctor programs. It's great for bonding. It's a great experience. You can learn all day, all night. You can um, kind of meet new people. And I think so far the experience has been second to none. So Yeah, there's nothing like it in dentistry, yeah. quite frankly. And and really dentistry, we, we feel alone. Um, 
especially those of us that are driven and want to do more and want to do more. And we talk to our friends, our local friends, and they're like, why do you you're want doing to, great? You're good. You know, all these I mean, things. And we want to be around people that push us. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's what 3D Dentist is about. And that's really what the retreat is yeah. about. So, so let's introduce Michelle. OK, so Michelle is working in our office and been working with us for three years. Mm-hmm. She also most of you know her from doing the marketing side of things from 3D. The sixth person. Sixth? Yeah, the sixth uh, marketing person I have for 3D dentists. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep her because we clearly come <laughs> as a package. We clearly come as a package deal, okay? Um, and she still sees patients. We have mm-hmm. worked up front together. We've worked in the back together. Um, she has taken over orthodontics in our practice. So she has also has experience in the practice and is able to help um, doctors and team members when they come to the courses as well. So the way this all came about is we were talking about the full patient flow a few weeks ago, and we kind of realized that people were off from the beginning. When they'd get the treatment, we'd ask, you know, well, who did they build rapport with? Who did they um, have that connection with in the beginning to continue their treatment? And it was kind of off from the, from the get-go, from their front office. So that's where we realized we needed to kind of go back to the basics mm-hmm. and start from the beginning. That first impression from the phones and all of that treatment planning. So that's why we decided yeah. to talk about that. So today. what problem are we trying what problem are dentists trying to fix in this? And I really think is that there there are well there are two main styles of practice. There's a style of practice which is your traditional bread and butter dentistry, mm-hmm. which is highly insurance based. It's driven on being busy and keeping the books full. Uh, and then uh, those that are busy and have experienced that are really, that's one of the main things that leads to burnout. And the type of dentistry that we want to promote and we want to see dentists get into is fewer visits, fewer well-planned visits, doing more dentistry on less people. And then the next logical step to that or part of that process is doing more advanced procedures. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, our front offices aren't structured mm-hmm. to really go into that. So, Michelle, uh, let's let's turn to you. And where do we want to start? Um, well, I think a great place to start would be just starting with the front desk, those mm-hmm. incoming calls. Um, I know I kind of overheard that mm-hmm. conversation with that dentist. Um, it sounded like his front his sweet front desk girl was trying to answer every single phone call, do the treatment plans, all of that. Um, So I'd kind of like to break down how our phone, answering the phone, how that goes. Yeah. So how about we start with this for the structure of this? I'll tell you what I envisioned happening and then I'll turn it over to you guys. This sounds great. (laughs) So uh, before we get there, let's add what four positions you would like to have at the front. Yeah, so, uh, and, and I want to clarify one thing on that. Uh, they don't all live in the front. Right. Okay. This is the business team. Yeah, so I'll call it our I'd administrative call it a team. team. Yeah, yeah, and they're definitely team. a team that all, yeah. all have to work together. Yeah, so, so in my world, <clears throat> a good practice will have a check-in person, a front desk, mm-hmm. a re- quote-unquote receptionist, uh, but that's the person that is the first site mm-hmm. of patients, the first line of defense or first line of offense uh, with your patients. Um, who's answering the majority of the phone calls, greeting people, doing all of those things. Uh, Then we'll have a treatment coordinator. Uh, That is uh, probably what most offices don't have, Mm -hmm. and that's somebody that's their main role in a perfect world dedicated, but their main role is to handle 
all treatment presentations and financial arrangements for the majority of patients coming through the dental office. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's a single doctor office, they should be handling everything. If it's a multiple doctor office, they'll probably be handling hygiene care. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we should have a office manager slash practice administrator slash director of operations. So we should have one of those. And that person has a, um, a role in everything. And then <clears throat> the area that we're missing in our practice that I want is I, I want a secondary, I want another front person who lives in the front who kind of floats between doing outgoing calls, filling the schedule, doing hygiene recall, follow-up with treatment, things like that. So mm -hmm. we should have somebody that is on the in in part of process, somebody that's on the out part of process, someone that's dedicated to case acceptance, mm -hmm. and then somebody that's dedicated to to uh, delivering the vision of the owner, which is most typically the dentist in the practice. Mm -hmm. So in a smaller practice, could the checkout and the treatment coordinator be the same person? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I would tell you, and, and I'm going to probably get some slack or flack for this, I will tell you that in the smaller practice, the office manager is the is the position I would go without. Okay. Uh, because I believe ultimately the leader of the practice should always be the dentist, even in my situation now. Mm -hmm. As a quote-unquote bigger practice, it's not big. Uh, but uh, I would tell you the office manager is probably the last hire I would put in there. I would probably say if you have an office manager right now, uh, I would probably say to have he or she move into the treatment coordinating role mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And then you need to have a t two team members in the front, mm -hmm. one dedicated to the in and one dedicated to the out. And out meaning hygiene recalls, treatment follow, a treatment, unscheduled treatment follow-up, uh, answering thing, you know, things like that and being available for patients on the way out. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I would put the office manager as the last hire okay. I would put into the front. All right. Well, Michelle, let's get started with um, how the phones are handled. Um, so, I guess back when we were doing it, <laughs> uh, so Meredith and I were both at the front desk. Um, we were both taking incoming calls. Um, I was technically the check-in. Meredith was technically the check-out. Um, but I would be taking most of the incoming calls, checking in all of the patients coming in, um, and also doing all of the insurance um, so that was the other big thing is anytime anyone had new insurance, I was doing all of the insurance verification, um, anything that had to do with the insurance. Um, and then that was, I mean, that was pretty con time consuming from there. Yeah. So I tried to schedule um, new patients and mm -hmm. consults to try to give the availability for you to be available when yeah. patients walked in. Some relief. Um, when patients walked in with new insurance, when current patients, mm -hmm. um, scheduling treatment, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So, and then after the front, so say you don't have a checkout person, we have two people in separate offices. Mm -hmm. Um, and that would be in this particular case. I want to make sure that we're not, uh, giving people excuses mm -hmm. and the excuses are, well, I don't have a separate office. I don't have right. this. Mm -hmm. So I, if you don't mind, I'd like to jump in on this and say, one's a closet. <laughs> <laughs> we work out of hallways and closets around. Yeah. Here, but so. I think the fundamental concept here is remember we, we talk about having, I think a reasonable size practice, solo doctor practice, you mm -hmm. have three front office team members. Yeah. Okay. And then the, the, what we're really referring to is that the phones go through a process. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. A hierarchical system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every phone call rings at the front. For our yes. main 
receptionist. Yes. Okay. And then after two rings, you have to have systems set up or a, a technological system mm-hmm. in your phone system to where then after two rings, the second phone will start ringing in addition yep. to the first phone. Yep. And then even have it to where after the third ring, that third phone rings. Mm-hmm. So it would go receptionist, your secondary phone mm-hmm. office person, and then your treatment quarter slash office, office manager, manager mm-hmm. would be the third person. So two rings for the front. Mm-hmm. Third ring, uh, it, it, start, it starts ringing at the second, sorry, two rings, and then the second ring, it starts ringing at the second person. Mm-hmm. The third ring, it starts ringing with the treatment coordinator office manager position. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other thing that's important to say is we have, we have been beaten to death by consultants and gurus telling us that we have to answer every single phone was, call. That was my next thing. And uh, yes, I would love to answer every single phone call, but I think there's a little bit of there's a little bit of unreasonableness to that. We got to slow down to speed up. Well, and I would argue, I mean, when you're trying to check someone in and answer the phone at the same time, information is missed so easily. So I know when I was doing that position, sometimes it was actually better for me to not answer that phone call and let it go to voicemail because then I could actually get the full message and I wasn't missing information and I could actually get the full number or the name or all of that. Um, So that was something that, I learned, and I think they always say, whatever comes first. So if the patient walks in first or the phone rings, whatever comes first is the priority. Yeah, I would argue the person in front of you is always priority. The patient that's in person Mm -hmm. comes first. And looking ahead at the schedule, if you're, this this is like one of my hot buttons, and I just, it drives me crazy. If you're at like the 45-minute mark and you're about to check in for patients, and you see, or, you know, the 50-minute mark and the phone's ringing, like, just be aware. Like, yeah. please be aware that you're about to check in for patients or you have two new patients and you need to do new patient paperwork. Please don't get stuck on the phone mm-hmm. when you know that you need to be checking in all of these patients. I agree with that, too. So that's just just being aware. You, again, you don't have to answer every phone call. Yeah, I think the, the main thing, though, for the front office, though, is that they need um, good support. Mm-hmm. by those supporting people mm-hmm. in those so-called offices behind them. Or maybe even I know sometimes they have like four at a desk. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily um, in separate offices, which I actually think is kind of nice. Sometimes when you're in a separate office, you get lost with what's going on. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about how the phones are handled. Um, that starts with the check-in, goes mm-hmm. to the checkout, and then treatment coordinator, office manager steps in. If you don't have one of those, um, how is checkout handled? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists 
with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Yeah, I think, uh, so let's, before we get to checkout, um, let's talk about what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. okay? So our checkout is really, and I, I hate the words check-in and mm-hmm. check-out. We're not mm-hmm. Walmart, right? okay? But I think what we're trying to accomplish is what happens to the patient after they're done they're and done. they're ready to leave. Right. Now, there's two questions we're going to answer in this episode is, one, what happens to the patient when they need treatment mm-hmm. after they're at the end, towards the end of their visit? And what happens to the patient as they're, getting ready to leave the office. And that's what you, I think you're referring to as mm-hmm. when we checked out. So let me start with my vision mm-hmm. of what that should be. Uh, number one, the number one vision is your patient should never be left alone. Mm-hmm. So that patient should right. be walked to the bathroom, that patient should be walked to the front office, that patient should be walked to the clinical room, that patient should be walked to the front door almost of the practice. So rule number one is I don't like to have patients ever be left alone. And then number two, we need to redefine where checkout is completed. I want to live in a world where we can complete our patient care in any room, at any place in the office. Too many times we have it set up in our office to where that payment can only be handled at the front office. And then if you have an office with four or five operatories, there's a potential that four or five people are going to be in line. Hence the word checkout comes up Mm -hmm. uh, there. And so we try to focus on being able to do checkout or handle payment in any room in the office. That means we have credit card swipers and terminals in every operatory, uh, in our consult room, in our check-in area, in our checkouts, uh, desk desk in, desk out area Mm -hmm. of the front office, and in our uh, basically everywhere. If I could have one in the bathroom or the break room, I'd probably put one in there too. (laughs) But um, yeah, so it's important to have those things in place. Uh, so that that's what what I say from a checkout perspective. Mm-hmm. So Meredith and Michelle, uh, what would you guys say about that? I think it's essential. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that work? And kind of walk us through uh, where the problems come in, and referring back to some of the questions in the mastermind. Uh, kind of what what do we what you know talk to us about that? Well, I know it sounded like the where the issue was arising is there were no there was no way for the hygienist to check out or the assistants to check out people in the back. Mm -hmm. So the patients were all having to come up. Like you said, they were coming up and standing in line, waiting to check out at the front. Um, And then it just, people were trying to check in. People were trying to check out. There was one girl. Um, Now our hygienist, Mm -hmm. they just check out, they just check people out. They're trying to buy, you know, some ClinPro or have a little balance on their account. Yeah. Hygienists just take care of it, and it makes the flow so much easier. Well, let's 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 do be real, be a little bit realistic <laughs> here. Uh, the hygienists don't do it every single time. They but, don't. But our goal is, if we can get them to fifty percent of the time, mm-hmm. that's fifty percent of the time less that our front office people have to do it. And then the nice thing about that is, it st- slowly boils them slowly, as mm-hmm. I like to say. It gets the hygienist very comfortable with understanding that their role is beyond scraping teeth. Mm-hmm. Their role is also in the case acceptance process mm-hmm. and, and accepting money and talking about money with the patient. So to me, 
one of the fundamental reasons that we have this in place mm -hmm. is to, un to make the expectation that the hygienists are going to be more than just tooth scrapers. Mm -hmm. They're going to be part of the overall team and part of the overall uh, uh, process in the patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, um, I know that bringing a patient up to the front if they didn't have time, the, the worst thing that you could do was go over treatment at the front desk. So teaching them to be able to make firm financial arrangements and treatment plans and go over this. Um, some of them could even schedule, but if they could bring them up to the front and say, you know, transfer them, so-and-so's ready, they are all prepared, they'd like to set up their payment plan today, if you could get them scheduled, that makes it easy where we're not yeah. discussing finances up front. Um, when we were, we now have a dedicated treatment coordinator for hygiene and general dentistry. Well, back to at having the, one. Yeah. We had one for a very long right. time. Um, at the time that we were up front together, we did not have mm -hmm. that. So one of us would try to step away mm -hmm. to meet with the patient. Um, but we really hated to do that up front. However, sometimes it would happen just because spacing issues, timing issues, um, just trying to get the patients in. You've got to do whatever it takes, of course. But um, having the hygienist on board with treatment planning and doing so much more than just being a hygienist, I think makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. It also gives them, I mean, what do you expect a hygienist to do when their patients cancel? Yeah. You know? And I think our hygienists are trained that they can step in and help each other if one's they running behind. They can answer phone calls. Answer phones, schedule patients. Yeah. I hear a lot of dentists often, they complain that, uh, or the front office people complain that nobody helps them. And I would look at the dentist and say, what structure have we put in place to be able to, to for a hygienist to answer calls, you gotta, you gotta have a place for them to, with a phone, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so we have our, the igloo, I think, right now it's probably the sauna, mm -hmm. but we have that area <laughs> with the phone in it. Uh, and then we have the front office. That's why I like to have one of the seats at the front office empty. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. like them both to be full available. so that it's flexible so that anybody can mm -hmm. sit there and take care of it. Uh, so, so like, for example, if the hygienist is running a little bit behind and one of the team members pitches in to turn over the room, mm -hmm. they can move to the front and take care of the patient and do their checkout process there uh, and take the payment, schedule the appointment. I think another thing that you mentioned I don't think we covered is um, part of the leaving process or the checkout process in the practice is also making appointments, mm -hmm. making future appointments. Right. And so in our practice, anybody can do that. Yeah. And I'll argue that the hygienist must be the ones making their own schedule mm -hmm. so they can be the only one to blame is themselves. I was going to say, then they can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they can't, you know, they can't, I don't want to use the word yeah. complain, but maybe complain. Right. Yeah. Or, or compl like me, like right. when I bitch about the schedule, my, my number one thing is I didn't make it. Mm -hmm. right. Like I did not schedule one patient on that right. schedule. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's each of you that scheduled it. Right. So It's our fault, yeah. It's never my <laughs> fault, clearly. <laughs> clearly it's never my fault. All right, so let's um, <clears throat> move into the next thing was how is treatment presentation handled, which is the second part of the mm -hmm. checkout process. So uh, let me start by talking to how I want that to be, and I call that the buying process. Um, do you have, let me back up. Do you know what's happening to your patient after you walk out of the hygiene chair or the consult chair or the limited exam chair and tell the patient they need this done do you know what happens to your patient? Do you know from the ones that say yes to the ones that say maybe to the ones that say no? Do we know how that works? And to me, this is where two key concepts that I think we should go into uh, on this episode. One is 
do we have a dedicated treatment coordinator whose sole job or main job is to make sure that our patients are taken care of and that we move them to yes? And then number two is, do we have a follow-up process in place so that this treatment coordinator can be following up with people to make sure that the ones that don't say yes are followed up with? So uh, let's kind of turn it over to you two as well to talk about uh, this, this process. So, oh, sorry, I'm going to put a third one in there. Okay. I always okay. come up with stuff. <laughs> uh, the importance of the handoff, mm. passing uh, yeah, the baton. The, the transfer. So, so three so things. That's probably the most important. And let's talk about mm. what happens to our patient. <laughs> uh -huh. Do we have a follow-up process in place? Uh, which, by the way, we did a great episode with Crystal, mm -hmm. uh -huh. who's our treatment coordinator, who talked about the 2 plus 2 plus 2 follow-up process. So make sure you look for Crystal's episode. Mm -hmm. It's probably a couple of months ago. Uh, but And then the baton and the handoff of what's going on. So I'm going to turn it over to you two for a second. Should we talk about how it used to be? When we <laughs> no, let's, no talk let's talk about how it is now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, so Crystal is our designated treatment coordinator. She has her own office and it is, you pass it when you're on the way back to the hygiene rooms and you pass it on your way out when you're leaving the hygiene rooms. Um, and we have been really trying to dial in our process lately on trying to get her to just kind of, you know, have her come in when the doctor's about to do their exam just so she can actually hear what treatment the doctors are going to do. Um, so she has a better idea of what the treatment plan looks like. And then that way, when the hygienist goes to hand off the patient, that flow and that trust is just easy to hand off. Um, and with that, she already has the whole treatment plan and the firm financial arrangement already set in place so that when the patient comes in, she can have the patient sit down and go ahead and just review that with the patient. Um, and that's been really nice to have Crystal doing that because before it was Meredith and I trying to do it up at the front desk. And like Meredith said earlier, it was really crazy trying to yeah. do that up there. And um, it's, I think having Crystal go into the actual exam has made a huge difference with one, getting the treatment plan just organized and with the passing of the trust because before it was the end of the appointment, the hygienist comes up and they're like, oh, we need to do, you know, four quads of such and such and yada, yada. And the patient's standing there and Meredith and I are like, yeah. oh, okay. And we're like trying to chart it and like get it yeah. all together. And, and it was just to them chaotic. To less awkward and yeah, yeah we're like yeah. so what are you doing today <laughs> like meanwhile meredith and i are like trying to click everywhere yeah. as fast as possible so I th there's there's a fundamental concept that we need to introduce or reintroduce mm -hmm. i know we've i i am confident we've talked about all this stuff on the podcast somewhere right i just don't remember where yeah. but somewhere <laughs> but episode I, 32 yeah, i'm not that organized <laughs> um and that's the anatomy of the hygiene appointment. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. what Michelle referred to was going, was where having your treatment coordinator go into the exam room, per, ideally with the doctor, and that starts with understanding the hygiene visit should be broken into three 20-minute sections. Mm -hmm. I do believe in 60-minute hygiene visits. And that first 20 minutes is record gathering, data gathering, look in the mouth, kind of initially having the conversations, pre-diagnosing. And then roughly at the 15 to 20-minute mark, that's when you should be informing the dentist and the front office team, mm -hmm. what's going on, and understanding, hey, do I need my treatment coordinator? So listen, if it's what we refer to as minor treatment, mm -hmm. then we don't need the treatment coordinator for there. But if you're getting in there and it's more than minor treatment, moderate care patients, then we're gonna need the treatment coordinator in there. Now, for each of our offices, 
what qualifies as minor and moderate and major treatment is going to vary. Right. You know, for me, minor treatment can be five, six, seven thousand dollars, and it's easy for most of our hygienists to handle that. Uh, for some, anything beyond a couple of fillings Fillings. or one crown or one tooth. Probably most places. Most places, anything beyond one or two teeth becomes moderate care or needs somebody dedicated to that. So so the the key there is the hygienist, a structure has to be built into place to where the hygienist at the 15 to 20 minute mark gives the dentist and the treatment coordinator. Mm -hmm. And the importance of that is now as front office people, treatment coordinators, the front office person in, in my books, the business team, they have 20, 30 minutes to get ready. Mm-hmm. They can put this plan together. They yeah, can get the prepared. financial menu. Good. They can mm-hmm. get prepared. You know, they can know all of these things. So it's not one of these things that we're doing at the end of the appointment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is a sales process. I mean, I know people don't think of dentistry or this type of job as sales, but you're selling mm-hmm. dentistry to these patients. And by being prepared and knowing what to do and having the confidence, that's what sells it. You know, you give them a treatment plan and you just talk, 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 talk. They're like, whoa, <laughs> if you just give it Can to them. Can you make that face again? Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, whoa. Like, I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. And I'm like, just stop. Just don't say anything if yeah. you're going to talk like that. Just give it to them. Let them soak it in. Mm-hmm. If they have questions, let them ask. Mm-hmm. And then you can ask don't them questions. Don't try to answer. Yeah. Don't try to think about what they're thinking. Don't answer questions that they're aren't They're not asked. asking. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Don't offer discounts. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was so big about that. So... Um, that could be a whole nother saga, Mm -hmm. I guess. (laughs) And I will say, so we try to have Crystal meet any patient that has proposed treatment, even if it's a couple fillings, because if they don't schedule that day, she has a whole, yep, she's following up with them. So, so I think there's a key point we just said is that while our treatment coordinator in my eyes is designed for more moderate care patients Mm -hmm. and above, it's important that all patients eventually meet that person. You've got to have a liaison. Right. You've got to have that connection to the office it, yeah. so that when, this, when, when Crystal calls you, in our case, it's not like, who the hell are who, you? Yeah. <laughs> like, so what sales pitch are you say. giving me? Yep. So that way they have that. And, and I think that's also, imp- that's also the, the reason why we try to bring all the new patients through mm-hmm. Crystal. Mm-hmm. So actually, go ahead and talk about that, Mary. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all-annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com 
to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Um, yeah, I was going to say that it's hard to um, know all the patients if you're not meeting them mm-hmm. and especially know their treatment, mm-hmm. right? So to meet the patients, we're working her in by letting her meet every new patient as they come in. Um, so for like the first what, five or ten minutes, I'd say, after mm-hmm. their paperwork, she's kind of introducing them to the practice. She's taking the cone beam. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, walking – So. On our practice, you come in, the comb beam and the consult room are right across from each other on the way to the treatment room. So yeah. it kind of just, the flow just works. Yeah, you um, meet them first. Yeah. Then you take the comb beam, and then you baton transfer them to right. the treatment room. And then you introduce them. And then they've already been introduced to two people. They have that connection. They've mm-hmm. met the front office. So I think this flow is what people were missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about, okay, so then the hygienist tells them they need treatment. They don't have time to schedule it today. They leave the office. Crystal calls them, and they never schedule. And it's like, well, yeah, because I don't know who that is. Mm -hmm. I have no connection with anybody there. It seems like a lot of chaos. I'll get it scheduled when I come. We'll try to catch them when they come back. That's what a lot of people say. Mm -hmm. We'll catch them in six months. Well, if you're going to catch everyone in six months, nothing's ever going to get scheduled. And then six months from now, you can catch them again. So I think think a, a critical component that you're saying there is also... I think it's imperative that, and I, and I know I put a lot of emphasis on the hygienist, but mm-hmm. assistancy limiteds and consults mm-hmm. and right. not all of your treatment, all treatments done in the doctor room that's designed to be done. Right. I think it's always important to plant that seed with the patient that, hey, you'll probably get a call back from Crystal in our mm-hmm. office to, you know, to make sure we're not letting you fall through the cracks. And mm-hmm. it's just something simple as that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, actually, I would say the most dentistry we probably lost was a patient scheduled after hygiene for their first phase of treatment mm-hmm. with the doctor. Mm-hmm. And then they were never scheduled for their second phase of treatment. Yep. Right. And there was no connection there. The assistants don't have time. Well, that's a difference. Yeah. To call. <laughs> I mean, in general, most assistants don't have time yeah. to follow up or call or have the most, our assistants are trained mm-hmm. on the business side of things and treatment planning. And, you know, but if they're not, they're not mm-hmm. available to call or they're not, they don't know how to call and schedule like that. Mm-hmm. That's where we lose people. They come back for their hygiene appointment six months later and they never got the rest of their treatment done. Yeah. They only ever got the first step done. Or if it's not phased out correctly in the treatment plan to begin yeah. with, yeah. they're not going to know. And that's where that's where having your treatment coordinator in there, whether it's right. your front office, your office manager, whoever, yeah. having there in there during the exam so they hear the same words, they hear the why, they you know, hear all these different things. They hear the doctor say, yeah. just like yesterday I had a patient that came in that literally had four quads of fillings that need to be done everywhere because they have decay. And I, and I, and I made it a point saying, listen, that bottom right-hand side is the most important area. That's where we've got to start. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe they'll look at the plan and they'll say, well, God, that's the most expensive side. Mm-hmm. I really want to start over here. And at the end of the day, we'll meet the patient where they're at. Mm-hmm. But having had the person in there for the exam, they can say, I know that's, I, know, I understand, but doc, I want to remind you that Dr. A mentioned that mm-hmm. this bottom right-hand side was the area that we want to start. Why don't we look at what it, what it looks like to get started there? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do we have to answer that we can get there? Because clearly it's an area that's most important to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's going, it's going, it's 
going in the direction that yeah. you want. Yeah, I noticed absolutely. a big difference. No, yeah. absolutely. I think having a dedicated person mm -hmm. in the treatment coordinator, you know, I, and I don't know how we, you know, Melinda used to do that, and she was there from mm -hmm. day one for me. And I think, I think once she, once she, you know, once she moved on and retired, I um, don't think you ever thought you could no, have not, another one like no, her. No, it was it was just so hard uh -huh. to train this person. It's yeah. just so it's not easy. It's, it's not. not easy. Because it's so it's such a crucial role. It's so counterintuitive to how dentistry is run, mm -hmm. okay, in most dental practices. And uh, until I met Crystal, uh, and I said, okay, here's somebody that's looking for that role, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. ready for that role. Mm -hmm. And I said, let's put her in there and let's 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 see go through, let's see what happens and and yeah. let's give the expectation that you know it needs to be a little bit of back and forth, setting it up, understanding that we're going to go forwards, backwards, forwards, backwards. And I've been very pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. And then I think the real key for us in, in really leveraging this to the next step is teaching the hygienist to bring her in more often, mm -hmm. okay? Um, at the 15 to 20 minute mark, get to give her a heads up mm -hmm. uh, to, to allow the process to happen so that the patients are meeting Crystal for the second time mm -hmm. when that happens. Uh, so, and then planting the seeds that Crystal's gonna be following up with them. Uh, is cr is critically important for that. Yeah, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about Crystal and not, <laughs> not the other team I know. members. So one thing I wanted to bring up: Are we good with treatment presentation? Yeah, anything you okay. want. Okay, um, guys. We didn't really your, have this. This in was our, your guys' episode idea. Plan, but one thing Michelle mentioned, um, working at the front, is that she did a lot of insurance verification, um, but we didn't talk about the rest of insurance. So mm -hmm. the way, do you want to talk about how you would like that to be handled, or do you want us to talk about how it is? Uh, I would. Like insurance to be handled by never bringing it up <laughs> and never having the but word uttered. But in reality, PPO re dentistry absolutely. is what keeps people going and yeah. is the bread and butter of dentistry. Mm -hmm. And most patients are, a lot of patients are insurance. I'm insurance driven. And insurance driven. Yeah, absolutely. Because if I don't, if I have a benefit, I want to use it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I pay for I pay a lot of money for my Blue Cross right. Blue Shield plan, mm -hmm. so I want to I want to make sure that I use it. <gasps> right. uh, so smart people, people with money, yeah, mm -hmm. want to leverage their insurance. Mm -hmm. Right. So well, I'll, I don't know where this is going, <laughs> okay. okay? But I'll turn it to you too, and you guys can talk. Yeah, about no, that. I just think um, we just haven't mentioned it, but mm -hmm. it is a role of the business team, mm -hmm. um, and it's not always necessarily one person does every sure. aspect of. Insurance, which is what I what we mean by the business team truly being a team. So for the front person, front people, check in, check out, um, receptionists, they do most of the insurance verifications. Mm -hmm. um, at one point, we were rotating through because at the time we were all able to put in checks. Now it's usually limited to one or two people, typically the people who are not um, at the front mm -hmm. answering the phones, dealing with the patients, just because... You really need to be focused and zoned in on that when you're doing it. So now I think we have um, the front check-in person mm -hmm. doing ins insurance verification, mm -hmm. the treatment coordinator sending off all insurance, mm -hmm. and then the office manager and treatment coordinator putting in checks. Mm -hmm. yeah. Correct? I mean, yeah. I, you would know better than me. Yeah. <laughs> so. so, I mean, I think obviously getting checks in is the most important role right because mm -hmm. that's how we get paid um, and then the office manager is dealing with any kickbacks or refiling or anything like that anything you want to add to that mm -hmm. or anything we did differently how it worked mm 
Um, I think a lot of people have questions. About I think, I think I, insurance scares some people. Well, so that's why I just want to add, I would you know, it's not a one person overwhelms job. People. It's, I, yeah. I mean, it is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I think people want to hire somebody just as one, an insurance person. And I just, you know. I can't believe, I can't tell you the number of people, me included, who have, say, can we just third party this out? Yeah. You know, and it starts off good, but then it tails off. No. Because I think ultimately you gotta work. you gotta own I it in the think. practice, or you gotta completely get rid of it, which I'm not a fan of. Yeah. completely getting rid of insurance. No, I think no. it's a staple. Yeah. No, and I will say, I mean, that, and I actually like I was a patient before mm -hmm. I started working at the office, and I will say, even and you as, used to get more cleanings then than you do now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't Correct. actually know when my last I, cleaning was. <laughs> I actually asked Megan. I was like, <laughs> "Can you clean my teeth?" <laughs> Um, but I will say, I mean, out of all of the offices I've been to, the way that we handle insurance, it's a very, there's a, we have a very personal touch to it. Um, and Maybe too personal. I, I was going to say, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we kind of let it overcome a lot of our day. But, mm. um, you know, it's, we're just, we don't let it, it's, we have such a focus on not focusing on insurance because we're trying to get the focus away from it, but also we're trying to utilize it in a way that it does help the patients. But then also we're not, that's not like the end all be all. Um, so if there was ever like an issue with it, I always felt like the office would bend over backwards to try and help. Yeah. Um, so it's mm -hmm. a unique experience. Yeah. So you can't, in our office, it can't be a one person. It's definitely a team. Remember yeah. that one time I got mad at a team member for using the word insurance too much? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, and that's the, I think that's the whole point of our firm financial arrangement yeah. is, you know, you, you're getting five fillings and you see that the last one's not covered by insurance. A patient will say, I don't want to do that one. Yeah, it may be bundle, the most important one. Right. Yeah. And when you bundle it all together, they don't know where the distribution is. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, you know, they just know we're giving them the best care possible and we're giving right. them a chance mm -hmm. to say yes to the best. Yeah, absolutely. So... so. Well, hopefully this uh, episode kind of answers a lot of questions. Do you think anything yeah. coming off the top of your head that we're missing or need to address? Mm -mm. No? Mm -hmm. All right. So front office is important. Uh, yeah. I, th I think the overriding uh, theme from this one would be uh, that, that you need to really outline what your team members are doing in the front. Mm -hmm. I think um, a good practice has three front office team members. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to move towards four. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I think right now we're at three, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we need to we need to move to a fourth one. And I think we've always had three. The roles have changed yeah. mm -hmm. here and there a little bit of what the three focus on. Mm -hmm. And so I like where we're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'd like the fourth one because I, I just imagine, you know, I kind of look to myself. A seamless and, transfer. Well, I don't even look. I'm looking at it from a pure business perspective. Like if I put a, somebody in a, another closet, like if I cut one of our closets in half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. I've been trying to do possible. that. <laughs> yeah, Michelle's taking I, the other side. I was I, trying to share it with Megan. <laughs> if I cut a closet in half and put another team member in there and say, you don't come out until you call 100 people per day, uh, what would happen? That sounds miserable. No, I, I bet you great things would but happen. But would that be something that could third party? Would it be less or no? Sure, you could. Absolutely. Scheduling There, there are places no? to do it that do it for you. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately what it does is it buys you the body. 
Right. Okay, it pays mm -hmm. for the body. And then that body, I mean, it doesn't take all day to make 100 phone calls, I don't assume, but they can do other things. They can do insurance. They can do some of these yeah. other things mm -hmm. that need to be done. They can be another hand that can help in, you know, in, in a pinch with sterilization or things like that. So uh, ultimately... Um, so a floater. Yeah, but maybe they can yeah. work remotely one or two days a mm -hmm. week or something yeah. like that with technology today. But I, I think that... Um, People say, well, I, how do I afford another person? I need another person. I think I need another person. And I think that instead of bringing them in and just throwing them into the current structure, bring them in with a specific task. Yeah. Or throw them into the current structure and take somebody out of the current mm -hmm. structure. And kind of like we do with Crystal Replacing on Thursday and Fridays, mm -hmm. we make a focus on insurance AR because that got out of control mm -hmm. in our practice. And slowly having a dedicated person to it that spends time, slowly having somebody dedicate time and energy to it slowly brings that down mm -hmm. yeah. and, and takes care of things. So mm -hmm. just imagine what would happen and if that, we're able to do that. And that pays for themselves in tenfold. <laughs> yeah, know? right. And I and mean, and that, that's that's the key. So you have to you have to always ask yourself, what problem am I solving mm -hmm. by bringing somebody on, and how do I bring them on and not let them get into the other chaos, but focus on the problem mm -hmm. that I'm trying to solve. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think so. getting ahead of things. You know, I think back of when we came back from the office closing, mm -hmm. and it was just me. Yes. We didn't have a treatment coordinator. We didn't have anyone else at the front. <laughs> it it was got just, lonely, didn't it? It, well, it was chaos. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I think I came to you crying almost every day, yeah. and it was, you know, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> you were like... <laughs> like so what are you talking about? One thing I, I do uh, want to touch on that we I think we missed um, with the phones is uh, starting to listen to... I know... Most dentists oh, don't mm -hmm. know what's going on on the phone and missing that. But your verbiage and your first impression on the phone, especially with those big case consults, mm -hmm. is can make or break huge cases. So I think, um, I hate to say this, but recording and yeah. There's practicing. Not hate. There's nothing. You just inform. Know, North Carolina is a one-party one uh, consent uh, state. So Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, of, there's always going to be phone calls that are, you know, a mess. But the, sometimes the patient's a mess. So yeah. <laughs> um, I just think people. that practicing with them, verbiage, even if you're not recording the phone calls, um, just role-playing, practicing, acting like patients, working with each other, just makes everyone better. Yeah. All right, I'm going to finish on this remark. It's an important remark, okay? Uh, I know that in the early on, we I said that... Um, you don't have to answer every phone call. Mm -hmm. I'm lying a little bit, okay? If you're spending lots of money marketing, <laughs> yeah. you need to answer those phone calls. For sure. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that a good phone system has, it has the ability to direct phone calls. Mm -hmm. So in today's world, you can get vanity numbers uh, or fake numbers that ring to a certain line within the practice. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we have a 16-page magazine. It has a number that's not our number, and when that rings to the office, you can make it actually ring to, a, ring to a specific person, a specific cell phone with a specific type of ring. So that way people know when that phone rings from that thing, that specific marketing piece, that's somebody calling for a full arch case of implants. And we need to answer that phone call. So there's ways to make that happen. And I want us to understand that our phone system is is so important on how we bring that in. Mm -hmm. So that way we need to understand that Analog lines, while they're nearly up 100%, we have to move towards the voice over IP 
mm -hmm. uh, because that's the way it's going, but also because it gives us flexibility to do some pretty amazing things. Uh, like we can call from our phones now. Mm -hmm. We can get phones on. We can get calls on our cell phone. Mm -hmm. uh, there's lots of things that we can do. So it's super important. So I know we've been all over. The, I think we've been <laughs> all over the place a little bit with a today's bit. episode. Yeah. But it's uh, super important stuff. And uh, this is kind of our first edition of the Ask T-Bone. Mm -hmm. So if you have additional questions, uh, just uh, reach out to Meredith, Michelle, and myself, social media, uh, and let us know so that way we can uh, get three or four questions together and kind of uh, build an episode around those things. So thank you guys. Uh, make sure that you review us on iTunes. Make sure that you review us on the Google. And uh, make sure that if you're looking to move your practice uh, away from busyness and focus a little bit more on the business of clinical excellence, uh, that you consider 3D Dentist as your choice. So everybody have a great day, and we'll see you guys very soon. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, Let's get to this week's episode.